In the letters of John, the Apostle John continues and expands his thoughts, themes, and motifs, and dives deeper in them. In the Gospel of John, we saw that he presented Jesus as the Word of God, and the Word became flesh. Over the next three letters, he will stress that Jesus, being God, came down in the flesh, that Jesus is the Son of God, how we should follow his commandments of truth and love, and what our mission and goal is as believers. Join us as we dive into the letters of John. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. We'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. Alrighty, we are jumping into actually this time the last bit of this <laughs> chapter. Um, last time we only covered the first, tw- um, I think it was 12, no, it was the first five verses. Yeah, we couldn't get far. Yeah, yeah. We only covered the first uh, five verses, so we're picking up this podcast in, in verse 6, and we'll close it out because at the very end it's just um, his closings for this letter. Um, but we talked about last time um, the difference between those who believe in Jesus and those who don't, and then the commandments to love and forgive and, and to show people love and, 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 and all other stuff. And, and so, like, um, we're, we're going to pick it up in verse 6. Um, actually, let's start in verse 5. It says this, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who comes by water and by blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is truth. So, in my mind, this automatically goes to when Jesus was crucified, Mm -hmm. right? The blood and water came out of his side, which also symbolizes the acceptance of a sacrifice. When blood and water pour out of a sacrifice, that means the sacrifice is accepted, right? And so, this this is the thing that testifies on Jesus behalf right it's it says that that because of this the spirit is the one who testifies and the spirit is true and so it's 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 saying that that Jesus you know he was the perfect sacrifice right he was the one who came by water mm-hmm. and by blood meaning he paid the ultimate price he was baptized and and he paid the price for us uh, with his water and with his blood that was within him. And it says, continuing, the thing that testifies uh, for Jesus' behalf is the Spirit. Verse 7, For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. These three agree. <clears throat> if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God, that he has been born concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. And what's the testimony? It's the Spirit, right? the water and the blood. Um, whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life. And that this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does, whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So that's saying that that life and death is in the balance, right? Right. And it's and it's um it is a spiritual death, right? Um, because everybody is appointed to die in one point in time in their life. 
Um, but it's talking about eternal life and eternal death. And that I think is what, what he's trying to convince you that, that if eternal life starts now, right? Technically, if you're not in Christ, eternal death, you're already living in that death and despair. And so, um, when we come to Jesus, the Spirit of God comes within us, and it, it allows us to testify on Jesus' behalf. Well, I mean, even right there, I mean, it signifies, you know, you look at verse 8, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, these three agree. These three agree. So you're, you're dealing with, when in John 19, when Jesus was pierced in the side yeah. by a spear right. and out came blood and water and then he released his spirit. Yep. So so this is signifying that when we receive the testimony of God, the greater testimony, um, that is we now receive a birth, a reborn. It, you know, it makes no sense that blood washes, cleanses. But Jesus' blood does this and cleanses us and, and causes us to stand on the not just our testimony, but what Jesus testifies of what we are in him. Right. And think about, you know, this is probably, you know, um, an analogy that, that might be, I don't know, kind of gruesome. But like, <laughs> think about when a baby's being born. Yeah. Right. What comes out? Blood and water. Right, 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 right. The water breaks, and then when the baby comes out, blood is involved, obviously. And so it's it's symbolizing a new birth, a rebirthing, right, a regeneration of us. When we come to Jesus, he brings us back to life by birthing us through his sacrifice, right? right? And through the blood and water, we are cleansed. We are made whole. We are made right, and we are born again into his family, and and so that's kind of what I think I think it's symbolizing here is that that the blood and the water you know it is a rebirth it is it is a new life it's a new it's it's being born new right right and so um, when that happens we are then filled with the Spirit which uh, which testifies Jesus through us belief has everything to do with acceptance yeah. Uh, to believe in something, you, not only do you have to accept, but you have to trust that what it is that you're believing in. Right. And therefore, that trust is equivalent to faith. Faith is, uh, you know, Hebrews 11, one faith is the it's substance of things, things hoped, hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Right. So though you don't see, you hope to believe. You believe right. believing. So, that, so that's where your belief comes in. You have to believe. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. So this whole substance that we're dealing with, the testimony concerning the Son of God, is all boiled down to how we believe. What do you believe? Right. And and you know, we have seen in time past, even on our news and various things, that there were Christians overseas that have been martyred for their belief. Yeah. And therefore we question do we now are able have confidence that we die if what we believe in. I mean, remember the school shooting years and years ago, the, mm. the girl that was shot in Columbine, and yeah, they asked was... her, you know, do you believe in Jesus? Well, okay. And then she her, her those were her last words. Right. It's, tragic. It's very tragic. But do we have that confidence in our belief that we receive the testimony? Right. His testimony. What did Jesus do? Jesus right. Jesus was born, he died, and he resurrected, and he's ascended into the right hand of the Father. Right. He brought victory to us. Right. 
as a children of God. Right. And I think us living above the world's standards yeah. is a testimony yeah. to what he accomplished. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, um, the only way to uh, um, bear witness, right? Because we talked about bearing witness in the Gospel of right. John. Right. And it's and obviously he carries on that theme here about bearing witness to the Son. The best way to bear witness to Jesus is not what you say, it's what you do. And and so if what we do, so your belief controls your behavior. So how you behave is based upon what you believe. And and no matter what it is you're believing in, your behavior will respond to that natural cause of right. your belief. Right. Yeah, and like, obviously the the verse "faith without works is dead," mm-hmm. right? That comes to mind when we talk about that kind of right. that kind of thing. Because I mean, honestly, if you have faith, right, but your life doesn't line up to to, to um, point people to Jesus, right, right, then your faith is dead. And it's not talking about faith to believe in miracles. It's talking about your 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 Christianity right. as a whole, right? It's not talking about, you know, you don't have faith if you're not doing works. No, that's not what it's saying. Right. It's saying that that if you testify, right, catch this, if you testify that you are a Christian, your life needs to line up with it mm-hmm. in order for your belief in Jesus, your Christianity, to be alive. Right. Right. Therefore, if, if you testify we're talking about testimonies right right Bearing witness if you say that you're a christian right and your life does not line up to what you are professing right then then your your christian faith is dead you know it's not it's not living it's not producing it's producing death and not life right and yeah. you know um going back if we if we can look at you know, James 2, faith without works is dead. So that's James 2.20. And so, the you know, think about it. Faith without works. What is it that we are to work? And you said it. You touched on it, Pastor Aaron. You touched on it. You know, is it what I'm doing? Really, the works that we're identifying here is your action to believe. Right. Not all your good deeds, mm-hmm. not how faithful you are going to church or paying your tithes, which is very important. But the real works that you are doing is your behavior of what you believe. Right. And 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 I think that directly ties into how you treat people. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you say that you're a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and you treat someone like trash, then... Right. Your fruit's not lining up. Right. And see, I've heard that teaching skewed, right? Faith right. without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, I've heard people say, well, faith, you know, y- your faith to, to bring miracles. If, if you're not producing miracles in your life, then your faith is dead. Hmm. You don't have faith. Well, that's not, that's, that's not true. That's wrong. It's very wrong. Yeah. It, and so, you know, we have to get out of that misconception of of that particular principle because what James is talking about what John is referring to what Jesus has always talked about it's like you know if you say that you love me mm-hmm. first show your love towards your brother right show love to those who are around you 
Even Jesus said in Matthew 5, he says, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works. Right. What, doing good deeds? No, reality is doing your works, stating that what you believe. Right. It, you know, it takes, you know, labor is work. Right. And it takes work to work out your salvation. Right. I have to continue to believe, even though when circumstance hits me, even though when problems come at me, even though when I'm questioning exactly what I'm believing in, I got to have, I got to work at my faith. I got to work out my faith. I got to put my faith into works. So I know that when I stand in all odds against me, I'm standing, working out my faith and believing in faith that I'm trusting in the God who has touched my life, touched my heart, you know, that I've not working with dead faith. I'm working with faith that's alive and kicking on the inside of me. Yeah. I'm trusting not in the next miracle, not in the next prophecy. I'm trusting in what I know who he is. Right. Not what he can do. Right. What I know who he is. Who he is, not what he can do. Yeah, that's exactly right. You trust in the the price that he paid. You trust in and and who who the son of God is, right? Right. And um you know, when we hit those times of trouble, you know, we cannot let it affect our walk. Right. You know, we cannot allow it, let it affect our witness. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we have to have a faith that works through the pain that we feel um, without treating people badly. Right? right. Just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you have to hurt other people. Well, not you know just, what I'm saying? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, but basically what I'm saying is like, you know. We have to be conscious mm-hmm. that what we're doing does it please does it please God? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and like the works that I'm talking that God's talking about that that I'm talking about is is like it's not going out there washing 500 people's cars and mm-hmm. and paying for 30 people's gas. That's not the works no. that, that God's talking and about. It's a misconstrued conception. Right. That's a false reality. That right. you know, does God call you to pay for someone's gas? Yeah, but it's very few and far between. Right. Right. But when uh, Peter walked up, you know, and to that person who was begging at the gate, silver mm-hmm. and gold I do not have. Right. Right. There are times where we don't have the means to help people out that way. But your light can speak a better testimony. Right. You know, that's your works. Well, and another thing about works, you know, that we're dealing with, because, you know, we're still dealing about belief in the yeah. testimony and then it's really dealing with also with eternal life, your faith in believing that there is life after life. And so that being said, you know, when a believer that's you and me. That that's just trusting in God. Our listeners, we're all in the same boat here, and here we are in this boat of faith, and yeah. we're and we're trusting. And here's the biggest kicker: when your faith without works is dead. I, and I know we're on James still, but really we're talking connecting it to yeah. First John. It all ties. It all ties. You know what happens when God reveals to you in your quiet times and secret times things that you are you know that it is to come into your life, but you don't see it, you don't feel it. You know, do you do you say, well, God's forgotten about it, He's changed His mind, or do you say, um, hey, you know, I'm still going to believe though I don't see. I'm still going to yeah. hope even though I don't know. I'm still going to trust God that what He said shall and will come to when the time's right. Yeah. I'm going to believe. I'm going to work this thing out. I'm going to trust 
and receive knowing that the that the testimony that is in my life I trust in what God is doing because yeah. Jesus is my savior Jesus is my God Jesus is my hope and he's not a liar right so your life should should testify to what you believe in right right your life should bear witness to what you say that you are that's what John is talking about he, he right? says whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in, in himself, himself. Right. So that means you are a spirit filled believer. Correct. Right. It's not saying, oh, you got to go out and perform this many amount of miracles a day in order to show people that you're a Christian or you got to, you know, quote the Bible to people yeah. and and this. that. No, your life should speak. Yeah. Does your life speak? I mean, I knew a testimony some time ago when well, not testimony, excuse me, a minister some time ago. He would get on YouTube and 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 really um quote chapters of the Bible by memory. Why? What does that get you? I mean, it's great. And what a great opportunity, but it's not going to make you uh, some profit or brownie points. Right. You don't get, points, right, you don't get that's, that's my quote. You don't get brownie points for those things. And, and, and so that's not going to cause you to be or elevate yourself into some great minister or evangelist or Christian or, you know, separate you from the rest of the crowd. no, it's great to memorize things, and if you can do it, and you're one of those people, fantastic. But the that's not working your faith. Well, you know, the Pharisees memorized the Bible. Yes, they did. All the Jewish boys of that time mm-hmm. memorized the Bible or the Torah. Right. You know, that was their Bible at the time. They didn't have the New Testament at the time. Right. Exactly. Jesus didn't have the New Testament. No. <laughs> he was creating it. Shocker. Right. Yeah. Um, we seem to forget that sometimes. Yeah. Right. Um, but. Um, you know, uh, you know, they they were able to quote scripture upon script, book mm-hmm. upon book upon yeah. book, but yet look, they still couldn't recognize who Jesus was when no. he came. Mm-hmm. Nor did their life speak. It spoke, yeah, but not life. It right. spoke death, right. not life. And so they're at they're at this crossroad, right? You know, where where they're doing everything right. Their mm-hmm. works are there, right. right? They're praying multiple times a day. They're, um, um. A priest actually who um, it's called self-flagellation, hmm. where where they would pray and whip themselves. Whip themselves yeah. yeah, and and I believe it's still done in some sectors yeah. of the Catholic realm. Yeah, um, where where um, Franciscan monks actually will still do that to a to a degree where they um, go through this time of mourning and fasting and flagellate. You know, right? Um, and and so. Um, that's to show that, you know, well, I'm, I'm sacrificing, I'm putting myself through pain. Well, what, well, what, what difference is that than, than when the worshipers of, of Baal were dancing around the fire, cutting themselves, right? It's the Correct. same principle, Absolutely. right? That's not what God's calling us to do. But in, um, um, their works, you know, people saw them, they thought that they were holy. They thought that they were righteous, right? But they're, when they, you know, when the, when they hit the nail on the head, when people ask for money, what what do the blind beggar at the gate say, right? Oh, I know that voice, mm. right? Yeah. You walked by me every day mm-hmm. and didn't drop a single piece of money in there, right? Their life did not line up. They were always accusing people instead of helping people, mm-hmm. right? They were putting people to death instead of bringing them to life. right? And so, you know, your works, quote unquote works, can be there. They can be solid, you know, I donate such and such amount of money to to the churches. You, know, you can see it on my end of the year report. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, um, 
you know, I, I, I donate my time at charities right. or I, I, I help the sick. I go to the hospital. I go to pray for people. And, you know, I spend X amount of time praying and reading my Bible. But, you know, how's your attitude? Mm-hmm. You know, how's your response to the people that you don't really like sometimes? Well, you know, it's not to say that those things aren't something we want to contribute to be a a blessing to other people. So if you know if you're doing that, yeah, we're not feeling dissing those things. No, exactly. So you know, but it cannot be the only right to passage of calling you saved or righteous or if holy. So convert to Catholicism, right. right? So so, but think about this: when when John is saying that whoever has the Son has life. What he's saying is, and he's talking about eternal life. So if your faith and your belief responds by action, what you're believing in, it should now change your whole perspective on why we should not be influenced how people perceive us or think of us when we're doing what we know God's called us to do and performing the works that God's called us to perform along coupled with the working out of our faith, trusting and believing that if I were to die today, if I were to be murdered today, if if my life would change right now, it still doesn't change the fact of what I believe in in Christ and my my soul when if I should draw my last breath. Right. That should never right. change. No. And, you know, that's one thing that I have no fear about anymore. When I was a kid, I used to fear every day, say mm-hmm. multiple sinners' prayers Yeah, every day, right? And, like, now I don't fear that anymore. I don't fear hell because I know that's not in my future. Right. 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 I'm assured. We talked about that last time. Yes. Right. Not last podcast, but the podcast before that we have assurance on the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so that's because I am trying my very best to live above the world standards that my that way my life speaks Mm. to the people around me. You know, I'm not doing it for a pat on the back. I'm not doing because if, you know, if I was doing it for a pat on the back, then that would be my reward. Exactly. You know, I'm doing it because I know that's what pleases God. I know that's what God would want me to do. And I, th- I think that's th- that's a part of working out faith. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, 100% that is working out faith. Because when you're hearing the voice of God in your spirit or God directing you in your heart specifically and you respond in obedience and it could be the craziest dumbest things or the things you don't want to do there's i'm going to tell you and i'm not going to say it specifically but there's things that god's asked me to do i really don't want to do oh yeah i'll be honest with you i have bargained and try to find other ways but god says no this is what i've called you to do you've got to do these things because this is the the purpose I have for you, right? That will unlock other things, and I'm, you know, you, we, we do the, if we're truly submitted to what God wants, we have to follow the things that He's asked us to do, whether we like it or not, right? Kicking or screaming, you're going to obey. You got to, yeah. Or you'll be like the Jonah's scenario, mm-hmm. and you know, find yourself in a place that you don't want to be, right? And not that we do it in fear, because God's going to love you with you, whether you obey or not. But wouldn't it be better? Just to go ahead and as you obey. and obey and work out your faith in that way. You know, growing up, you used to tell me, um, <laughs> you know, when you're lazy, it takes more work. <laughs> That's right. It takes more work to be lazy than it right. does to to actually do it right the first time. Correct. And you used to tell us to go clean our rooms, and when we used to go clean the room, you know, we had to go back like five, six, <laughs> seven times. Yeah. You know, and and what what could have happen you know we could have just went in there done the 10 minutes of cleaning yeah. right 
and then just or been less. done with it and go back to playing <laughs> video games, right? Yeah. And so, you know, with the same with the Jonah scenario, yeah. Jonah was, he was, you know, being lazy. He, he wasn't necessarily being lazy. He was just being racist, you know, mm-hmm. at that point. Because <laughs> of the Ninevites, they hated Nineveh. Right. And so um, he wanted to go about it his own way. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it it took him longer right to get to Nineveh then it took him longer to get back on the right path yeah because he decided to do things his own way yeah the lazy way lazy know? way and it's, it's called that yeah and 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 that's in so when you're not working your faith in your belief in God and I'm not saying like we got to hold to traditions we got to hold to these specific standards we gotta we gotta do this and this and this no we're dealing with your belief in Christ and you got to be encouraged every day to work out your faith in who Christ is in your life and do not deviate from that action right if you believe that first day you received Jesus Christ in your life if you were if you're one of those who can remember that and you know mine was 8 years old and and I I barely remember but I remember that day not as detailed as some but I do remember the day when I received Jesus. But the point is this. We we have to trust from the moment we received Jesus from that first day, how we felt, how we remembered Christ, how he felt in our lives. You may not have the same feelings, but you have to have the same faith from day one. And that's right. where, where it triggers. You know, this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Right. I mean, that's the that's the thing. It's like when we're living for Jesus, right, we are actually having him in the forefront of our mind, meaning right. I am trying to do my best to put his needs before my own. Mm-hmm. Right. Step out of my comfort zone, you know, and 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 let God lead me down his paths mm-hmm. of righteousness. Right. So that way I can better his kingdom and allow him to work through me because the testimony is inside of me. Right. Right. So I, I have to be that living testimony, that living witness. That's what testimony is. We have to be that living witness that Jesus is who he says he is. Right. And how do we do that? You know, how does, how do we logically, uh, uh, fundamentally do that? And it's, it's not through our own works. Right. Right. It's not through our own works, it's through his work. And we just have to follow what he is telling us to do. You know, and, you know, um, you know, when it comes to the works thing, and I think this is where some people do get tripped up. Well, how can you, how can you one minute say, you know, it's not by your own works, mm-hmm. right? You can't, you can't work and earn your way. But then in the next breath, the Bible says, well, then what about the, Faith without works is dead, yeah, right? James 2, it, it almost sounds contradictory, doesn't yeah. it? But but I don't think it is. You know, I think I think what the Bible and what God through the Bible is trying to tell us is that you know, if you truly have Him in your heart, your actions are going to change subconsciously, and you won't even realize it. Right? It's not some show and facade that you're pointing putting on. You are changing before everyone's eyes and they can see your life speaking life and not death. And, and, And so we'll clarify this because there's some people who say, well, you know, I know I have Jesus, but I don't see that in my life. I don't see that activated. It, then here's the thing. You have it. You have Jesus in your life, 
But the point is, you can sit there and watch things happen, or you can be a part of things that are happening. Either being a spectator or a participator, your faith level should desire to grow, and you should always desire to grow in God, with God, from God, so that we're constantly in a growth pattern that we're not the same. So look, look back. You, you're you growing, and some of you don't realize it. Think of this moment from last year. Are you the same person? Right. Have Have you grown in your love for God, or <laughs> have you grown in your walk with God? I mean, you, you compare what you've been through, the things you've gone through in life. The troubles and the trials we experience brings growth, whether you want it or not. And you can look back and say, well, thank God he brought me out of this. Thank God he brought me from that. Thank God I've I've now can testify that testimony. I can testify what it is that God has truly done in my life and has changed my heart. And it takes some time to really focus in and home in on it. And that should be encouraging enough to you that you want to continue to honor God and serve God and give Him your all for Him so that you're, He's the one that gets the accolades. He's the one that gets glorified of it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there's one thing that I want you to clarify. Okay. Um. In your mind, what's the difference between a spectator and a participator? A spectator watches, participator is active. They're actively, they're both in the same position. It just, one is just sitting as a spectator. They're watching. It's like, see something, say something. Right. Same concept. You see something and say nothing. Guess what? You're just as guilty as the person that is doing the wrong. So, um, I'm just trying to clarify for the audience. Um, so in... An everyday life scenario, okay. right? Give an example of what a spectator would do and what a participator would do. Okay. A spectator would, would how, in church or out of church? You tell me. Because um, I go either way. Let's do the out of church example okay. first because most people spend time more time out of church than in. Fair enough. So out of church. being The difference between a spectator and participator out of church as a believer. A spectator is that they know morally this thing should not happen, not just um, taught from uh, the, the doctrinal perspective, but in a biblical perspective, we know right from wrong. I mean, these are things right. that we deal with every day. And you're in a crowd or group of people, or you're in a little conversational settings at, on your job, and uh, a couple of the fellas or you know whomever saying stuff that you know it's not right, and they release a joke, and you laugh along because you don't want to be the outsider. So you're a spectator. You're doing nothing right. that encourages your faith and walking out your faith. Right. Um, you know, a friend at your job is wanting to, um, going through some situations, and you're near someone who don't believe or hates church or are very critical about the faith, and um, but yet the person that you're working beside is going through a marital problem or their child or grandchild is sick. And in, inside the Holy Spirit saying, just won't you just stop and pray right now? And you don't. Mm. Spectator. Mm. Participator is not saying you got to make everybody at work stop. So, OK, Father, in the name of God Almighty, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you, right, you understand right, what I'm saying? Right. 
Because, you know, when I worked at a company, I worked at a factory before I started pastoring in this particular place. We never closed our eyes. I mean, I was work, I worked with other believers, but there are many people who were not believers that I worked with and yeah, worked beside. And guess true. what? When the mess hit the fan, they knew who to walk to. They walked right up to me. And they said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm facing some marital problems. Can you pray for me? Mm. And you know what I did? I would put my hand on their shoulder. I would still, I would never close my eyes. I'd still look at them. I look around and I take my hand off their shoulder and I would act like I'm talking to them, but I'll be praying out loud with them, for them. This one particular person at my job, this is the honest God truth. Their wife, this man's wife could not get pregnant. Okay. And the person came up to me and said, said, look, you know, you know, my wife, We've been trying for years to, to have a baby, and we just can't have a baby. Will you pray that my wife pray to you think God will answer my prayers? I said, sure. What would you give God if he gives to you? Mm. He says, I'm, I don't know anything. I said, okay. And so I, I looked at the man. I put my hand on my shoulder, put my hand down, and I looked around like we're carrying a conversation, and I prayed, ask God to favor this family, open up her womb, and that she would receive, help him to help conceive. Right. And three months later, he came to me and said, I don't know what you did, but my wife is pregnant. I said, I didn't do it. God did. You, you follow what I'm saying? Right. Spectator, participator. Right. Those are the difference. Yeah, that's true. So that's outside living. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, good clarification, I think. I went a little beyond detail, but I, I needed to cover the ground. No, that's good. Because um, I, think, I think in principle, in theory, it sounds easier than it actually is. Yeah. And, um, but that's when we have to be conscious, you know, we have to be conscious, Christ conscious, I think. Right. And so we have to be aware that, you know, Jesus, you know, it's just the old cliche saying, what would Jesus do in that scenario? Right. Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds nineties cliche. Right. Right. But, um, but it's so honestly true because, you know, what would Jesus do in that area? What would you, how would Jesus respond to that person? How would, you know, how would he treat an individual? And I think that in order for us to be his hands and feet, which we're called to do, right? In order for, you know, like, like in John chapter four, it says, as he is, so are we in the earth. Yeah. In order for us to get to that point, you know, we have to put Christ in the forefront of our minds and we have to, consciously make habitual decisions mm. right it's a habit yeah we are creatures of habit yeah we are and so we can get ourselves into bad habits right bad habits of response bad habits of attitudes right. bad habits of um you know just different various things that don't necessarily line up at first it's going to be difficult because you're breaking a bad habit you know what I'm saying? And so you have to break that habit. You have to choose at first to um, consciously make decisions that would please Jesus. But as you go along, right? right. I'll let you speak in a second. But as you go along, it's, it's going to become secondary nature, right? Mm. It's not going to be you choosing anymore. It's just going to be your, your nature that you're a nicer person or respond differently. I like to add to the fact, and maybe it, this is going to go a little deeper, and, it, and it's going to probably offend some people. So, you know, I, I say this with love. Understand this, because we're all in the same boat. I think it's now from the point of, 
and I'm going to say a word that's going to it's going to irritate some people. It's called laziness. Yeah. And I think that you know you said it. It take I said it that what I ta- what I was telling telling you and your brother you know when y'all were young when it came time to clean the room, it takes more work to be lazy than just get the job done. And I think at some point, and you know, it is easy to get in that mode of yeah. where you know. Um, you know, I really don't want to do it today. You know, it's like going to the gym. Yeah, it's good for me, but we're eating healthy. We're eating healthy. I really don't want to do it. I just one, just this one time, if I can I just one chocolate bar. Yeah, right. Like the ones and, behind you. Right there. <laughs> okay, so the point is this: it's easy to get lazy because COVID encouraged it. Yeah. We went through a, a social distancing where we don't feel we're not obligated to talk to people. We're not obligated to get connected with people or are emotionally connected with people. We're, we're more we were required to separate ourselves, and therefore we get lazy because because we are still in that mentality of uh-huh. separation and distance. Uh-huh. A lot of us uh-huh. carry that naturally anyway, but then that that COVID enhanced it, and so God is needing the church to be involved. Right. Be participators, right. not spectators. Yeah. And think about it like this, right? When you offend somebody, mm-hmm. right? Tick them off. Yeah. It takes more work to clean up that mess than mm-hmm. it would if you just swallowed your pride <laughs> yep. and your hubris, mm-hmm. right? And you just kept your mouth shut. Yeah. It takes more work to clean up the other than, 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 um, than to just keep your mouth shut because once that happens, you they say your they say their piece. Yeah, you don't hold offense against no. them. You forgive them for what they say because they don't really understand what you know. Right. Or and 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 then you know you just carry on, right? Other hand, you go you do this tit for tat thing, right? Where you know they say something, then you say something back, and then it's a, a never ending game of. <laughs> Of harsh, rude comments. Yeah, and it, it has. And then, and then, and then it, it it gets messy, right? It gets messy, and 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 let me tell you, it's easier in the moment to say something to belittle somebody or to hurt somebody's feelings. Of course, it's easier to do that, right? The harder thing is to keep your own mouth shut, right? I got a problem with that. You, we, we, you and <laughs> we I both, both do. do, buddy. <laughs> we both and so, do. And so, um, that's you know, why I'm laughing. Yeah, we, we both have a problem with that. You know, if you look at our families, our all oh of everybody gosh. in our family has a problem We're with loud. having the last word. We're just loud, right? You know, I know when, when I was younger, you know, 16, 17, <laughs> you know, you and I always had to have the last word, right? <laughs> we you want to have the last word, I want to have the last word. So <laughs> our fights would not end. And mom would just step in and say, Will you both just shut up? <laughs> Right, yeah. and then and then the, the the cleanup and the apologies, and then you yeah. know, but um, hugging neck, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all joking aside, you know, you know, it's it's, you know, the 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 best Christian example is when Jesus was standing before Pilate, and yeah. he was he was just keeping his mouth shut. Yeah, you know, he knew the truth. Yeah, he knew the truth, yep. and so if you know the truth, why do you got to prove it? Exactly. Your life should be an example of the truth. Exactly. Your life should show the truth. If the truth is in you, and the truth has set you free from your past. Right. Why do you got to prove it? In these words that I'll coin from our standard worldly society, <laughs> you know, it's not a peeing contest. Yeah. 
and I'm probably sounds crude, but it's really not. It's not, you know, who, who can do it the best. It's really, you know, humility, humble. You know, we, we always say, you know, growing up, I can't wait till I grow up, but really coming to God is, is everything about, you know, becoming a child, not being childish. It's two different things. You can be childish and be spoiled and be, um, uh, very self-absorbed, or you can be, you can come to God like in a childlike way, childlike faith, right? With the expectations of believing what He can do, because when you were a child, you looked at your parents like they they can do nothing wrong. When you're small, you, you you know until you grow old and realize they do a lot of things yeah. wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hush. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you live, right? <laughs> but the point is this: it's the expectation. Like right. a child. And and think about this. A full trust. Right. You said a word that I want to kind of hearken back to, and that was humble. Mm-hmm. And what does the Bible say? If my people humble themselves and pray and seek my face, mm-hmm. then I will heal their land. Humility. Yeah. It's humility. Not the government, not the world, right. the people, God's people. Right. First. And then, yeah. And, that, and I think that's the thing. It's like. You know, a lot of us have a problem with humility. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have a problem with being humble. Yeah. I mean, because Jesus, we feel like it's subservient and, yeah. you know. Even Jesus was on the cross. And what did he do? God, Father, and, forgive mm-hmm. them for they don't know what they're doing. Right. That's humility right from the cross. Here he is dying, blood coming out of his body. Not and he's one people. accusation against them. Correct. Right? Yeah. Not one rude word like oh dude yeah you're making fun of me up here on the cross but look at your teeth you know yeah right <laughs> he could have yeah, said wait something till you get yours <laughs> right right and so it's like it's like you know jesus could have been savage you know he could he could he could have just been up here on the cross just roasting everybody yeah you know what i'm saying he, he could lit- i mean literally he could have been br- bringing the fire down from heaven roasting literally. them alive yeah he but decided he not to no, why because he was humble yeah he was the humble servant he led the way of how we should be right and so if if you know what better way to love your brother and sister you know is than than to be humble Mm -hmm. and and just you know dude don't just avoid the mess avoid the drama avoid all the stuff because if the truth is in you you know what you got to prove right you ain't got nothing to prove but see this still boils back to your faith it boils back to your testimony of believing who God is and what He, what He has done in your life and is doing in your life. Right. This and is this is who we are. Right. You know, we are followers of God. We are children of God. That's what the Bible says. You mm-hmm. know, if you are children of God, and 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 that's I think that's what John in First John is trying to portray. He's been talking about love, and but how do you love? It's how you treat people. Dude, it's how you treat people. You got to treat them with respect. You you know, even if, and this is what I tell, you know, because I work at a school. I right. work in an ISS room right. at school. That's my full-time job. And then I, <laughs> I, pa- I help pa- you, got, you guys yeah. pass from the side. And and they they disrespect the the teachers. They disrespect the administration. They disrespect the on, on-campus officer as well, right? Right. And I and I tell them, I say, it's a conscious decision every single day how you act. I said, you don't have to be in this room. Mm-mm. I said, but what you do have to, you have to respect the people that are around you. Even if they don't respect you, I said, 
I said, who's in more power, right? Who has more power? The one who disrespects or the one who allows the other person to disrespect them right. and they just keep on walking. Well, even in offense, if you are angry or offended of someone, what you don't realize is you're giving that person control over you, you and your emotions yeah. because you are allowing them to bother you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's what I tell them. Yeah, yeah, you can't give people permission. You can't give the enemy permission. You can't give um, your, you know, your foes permission. You've got to forgive them, let them go. And then and then that's when Jesus says, go and send them more. That's pretty much it. You, you, you don't have to continue in the pattern that you're going in. In order to exist in change, you've got to be willing to pivot to change. Yeah. You know, you can wish whatever you want to be and call yourself and name yourself whatever you want to be. But if you're not making the full change of what that is, you're just speaking words. Yeah. You understand? And think about this. Okay. This is probably not going to be a good analogy. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, and if it's not, we'll just cut it out. <laughs> okay. You know, we haven't had to do that yet. Yet. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> Lord, help us. Um, so the the Bible says we wage not against flesh and blood. But we wage a war against principalities, rulers of this age, right? And so if we're children of God, we're part of the Lord's army, right? right? And and we're waging a war against the enemy, right? And the enemy's attacking us. Mm-hmm. We can't take anything personal. Right. Right? It's not personal, it's strictly business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll make you an offer you um, can't refuse. I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> oh, stop. And so okay. and so like think think about it as in, in that principle. It's like, you know, when we're in the field, right? Right. When we're in the battlefield. Right. Because right. when we step out of the four walls of the church, that's that's where it actually begins. Rubber hits the road. Right. You know, we come into church with with family, and 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 that's and that's when we, that that that's our time of rest together and our time of connecting God together. But the second we leave the property of the church, that's when the mission begins, yeah, right? Exactly. That's you know, and I think, oh, excuse me, and I and I think I hit the microphone. I gotta stop doing that. I do it every podcast. <laughs> uh, but I I think you know you you were actually saying that um that you want to put a um. Uh, a thing above the door as yeah. the people are leaving, you know, it's saying something to the extent of like now go and do the works right now or now it's time to enter into the field or so- something to that extent. Right. right. You're saying that you want to do that. And, and so like, that's a, such a true statement because when we go out, that's when the true work begins. That's real when, mission that's field. where the real mission field yeah. is, you know? And when we're out there, we can't take anything personal. No. It's not an attack against us. It's, no. an, it's an attack against God. Right. And the Bible talks about that. You know? Right. And so so rea- reality is when you're stepping into a mission field, it's easy to do the good things when you're around people who and believe like you. And it's easy to get offended when people are trying to offend you. Yeah. And then therefore we like, we, we cut you off, forget you, I don't have to deal with you. And then you, then, you know, you void them from this point forward. Wrong motives. It's, it's extremely the wrong motive. It's the opposite motive. And this is what John is trying to say. You have a testimony that if you're going to hold to this testimony that you receive Jesus Christ and whatever he testifies now becomes your testimony, therefore your response has to be his, right. not your own. Right. And so if we're, if we're going to respond, if we're going to receive this testimony, not of men, but of God, yeah. then what God has done in Christ has become greater because Jesus is greater works, there's the word again, that you do. Right. 
So you're doing the greater works, right? Not great miracles and not great things that you know that people turn their eyes to. I mean, you must be a, a believer. No, the greater miracle is that you still have faith in God despite all the junk you got to deal with and all the things you have to let go of. Right. And don't retaliate. And don't retaliate. You do the greater works when you're standing in faith and people are criticizing you and people are making fun of you and they're making light of you and you want everything inside of you, you want to ball up your hand into a fist and deck them two times right. and walk away hoping no one saw. Right. Or, better yet, the greater work is even though that person ticked you off and you don't hit them, but you hit them with your words and your conversations with other people who know them and you've now ruined them and you've murdered their life mm-hmm. by your own words. Yep. You see, you see how this is going? Spectator, participator. Right. And and that's the thing. Like when you take it personally, mm-hmm. you can't take it personally. It's just part of business. It's all business. It's all a business. The kingdom business. The kingdom business. Exactly. And And we wage war not against flesh and blood but against the kingdom of darkness. Right. The kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. And we hold to him because he is light. Right. And we so, manifest the light. So when people are attacking us, they're not really attacking us, they're attacking God through mm-hmm. us. What you represent, what you personify as ambassadors we hit on last week. Right. You are the ambassador. Right. And that's the thing that we have to start realizing and understanding is like the attack is not necessarily against us. Mm-hmm. The attack is against God. Yeah. Just like in the Bible where, um, uh, uh, and, 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 you know, um, with Samuel and and Saul, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the Agagites turned and, and, um, ambushed the children of God, Israel while they're leaving Egypt. Right. Right. And so, um, it was pretty much a slap in the face to God because when, when they attack God's people, it's like they're attacking God himself. Right. They're then enemies of God. Right. 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 And so, and so it's the same principle, same thing with us nowadays. When people attack us, they're not attacking us. They're attacking God through us. Correct. Right. And so we have to realize that it's really not against us. It's against God. Yeah. They have a vendetta against God, not right. us. Right. Right. So it's, so it cannot be ever personal, and it's hard not to make it right. personal right. when you've, you're one of being the attacked. Right. But you, you cannot look at the attack as, like you said, it's not about you. Yeah. Well, how can it not be about me when they're talking about me? Well, they are talking about you, but you are— A representative of God. There we go. Yeah. That's why they're talking about you. That's why they're treating you the way they treat you. That's why they're doing the things that they're doing. You know, when when I was building a church, and we, we may not get in the last part, Pastor Aaron, but when uh, my first church, we were we were bit, bit, literally building it, and that my part of my responsibility, my assignment, was to break ground and start building the church. And when we were building it, we kept hitting obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. We kept um, um, hitting walls of things that were stopping us from breaking ground. And we would, you know, we would go there and we'd go to the planning commission, planning commission would come back. So, well, you got to do this and this and this on your plat. And then we will do that. And we go back. Well, no, no, you got to do this and that and that and this. And it was kind of like back and forth. And it went on for a year and a half, just constantly doing what they say. We do it. And then they had constantly changed until one day we were seeing all these other businesses, bars and things, liquor stores opening up brand new. And we were still sitting on our hands, it felt like, until we we got a lawyer. And we looked and found the highest paid lawyer that was there. And they he stood in representation for us. He spoke for us. He did things for us. 
And then the very next day, within a week, we got permission to break ground. Why? It wasn't that we were fighting them. What we were coming against was the enemy stopping stopping God's work in that in that area. Mm-hmm. And they were not the enemies. No. Now, hiring a lawyer and let them know that we meant business. When you receive Jesus Christ in your life, he's your advocate. That means he lawyer. Is correct. Yeah. He is you, you, your advocate. You get the 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 Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit's name is Paraclete. He's the Paracletos, right? Then, meaning he's he's the advocate, the one that. Ad, ad, yeah, yeah, advocates for you. So, so when you now stand up against the enemy, yeah. your words may not be enough, but you let the one who holds the words and the truth and the life stand in your in proxy for you. Things change instantly. Yeah, I mean that's why I brought that up so you understand that you are not your own. You've been bought with the price. So therefore, the one that labored in the pain of the of the, in the agony of what authority is. Jesus of all authority stands in place for you and stands up against the enemy for you. The Bible says that you sometimes you got to hold your peace and let God fight your battles. Right. That's so, true. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like, you know, we have that lawyer, that advocate that's on our side, the correct. one that advocates correct. for us. Um, because, you know, there are people that do us that do wrong against us, but it's not against us, it's against God. Correct. And, and you can't take it personal, though it feels personal. Yeah can't let it be personal. and that that line really does stick out it's like you know don't it's it not blurred. personal you know it's yeah. business it's it's the business of god it's right. god's business and 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 you know when when someone attacks you they hit you verbally or, mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's not a hit against you it's a hit against god right you know they're That's correct you know what i'm saying and so it's like you know we have to get out of the mentality the selfish i'll rephrase it the selfish mentality Whew. Of we've been tough this time. <laughs> I'm, I mean, but it's so true. Yeah. I mean, you know, the truth divides the the joint from the marrow. And, yes. You know what I'm saying? So these are things that are being cut off. And I mean, truly, if you if you put it in perspective, you know, and and I'm guilty of it, and I know that you're guilty of it too. It really is a selfish thing to say. Well, then th- th- this is against me, and I can't believe they're doing this to me. Me, 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 me. Right. When your life is not your own. You know what I'm saying? Your right. life is not yours anymore when you're when you're in God's kingdom. Correct. You're living for God. You're living for a higher calling. And when an attack comes against you, it's not against you. Mm-mm. It's not. Just like it's not your works that save you. Right. Right? It's not what you do that, that sets you free. It's not. The attack is not against you then. You know, and so we have to get out of that mentality of 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 not just the workspace mentality, but the attacks too. We have to stop seeing the attacks against us, mm-hmm. and see it as, "Hey, I'm closer to God than I've ever been before." Therefore, you know, the enemy knows who to attack, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> they attack those who are closest to you to hurt you more, mm-hmm. right? That's right. why the enemy attacks us, because he's after he's after hurting God more. Right. And therefore, the, that perspective yeah. helps you to love your enemies. I mean, that just really unfolded, you know. And bless them who curse you and do bad things against you. you you're to be there because it's not against you. Mm-hmm. That's the revelation here. It's yeah. not against me. Mm-hmm. The the per, the people that I'm fighting against, I'm not fighting against them either. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting against the kingdom behind them. Correct. You know, the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. And so we have to recognize when there's a battle or a war going on, you know, even 
I mean, even think about it in in plain terms, like, you know, when World War II was going on, Mm -hmm. you know, the American, say, Joe, you know, the American Joe didn't have anything against, um, you know, uh, Nazi Sam. Yeah. Right. His vendetta was not against him. Mm. It was against Hitler behind him. Right. Nor was um, nor was the Nazis uh, against that person, but against the the Axis powers. Right. Right. And so they they were killing each other, not because they had personal vendettas against that person, but they had vendettas against the organization behind that person. Right. And that's the same principle with the kingdom. Right. You know, it's not that the person has a vendetta personally against you. They're going to take it out on you. Right. Right. But they have a vendetta against God. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and the truth inside of you will keep you in line and say, wait, this is not against me. It's against God. So I can't take it personal. I cannot treat them any differently. Right. And that is the testimony that your life should bring. That's the testimony that that your life should speak because your life should speak into different things, you know, and we should we should give people the opportunity to change because God gave us the opportunity to change. So we have to realize that in those moments, you know, in those moments of attack or or other things, we have to realize that the truth is inside of us. And if we just take a step back and if we take a step back and we say, God, what is really going on here? The truth will be unveiled like that. Easy. And so we can then realize once we step out of the situation that this this is not against me, it's against God. And so we have the power then and the ability to live at a higher standard. So um, we didn't finish the, the book. And I don't know whether it's the Holy Spirit leading us or our gift of gap. <laughs> no, it's the Holy Spirit. I'm just messing. But um, we're going to definitely finish it next time. Then again, I said that last time. Well, there's so much in them. There really is. There really is. Um, but, but we want to thank you for tuning into Calvary's Compass this week. If you like what you heard, share us on Facebook. Share us with your friends. Share us with your enemies. Let it, let everybody know you know that, that you're getting stuff from 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 us and from God and and if we're impacting you you know just share it with people let us know uh, yeah let us know um, but yeah thank you for tuning in um, if you like what you heard check us out on Facebook Mount Calvary COG check out our website Mount Calvary COG at gmail.com if you've got any questions email us at Mount Calvary COG at gmail.com we love you and we'll catch y'all next week see ya <laughs>